Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Mesher Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. On today's show, we're visiting with Tom Quinlan, Ministry Director with the St. Joseph Educational Center located here in Des Moines and celebrating their 50th anniversary. But before we get to today's interview, let's find out what's on the Bishop's mind. We can just hear the joy welling up in your voice, Kelly. Good morning <laughs> to Good you morning. and these beautiful fall days of October and so much happening. And the mm-hmm. sacred chrism has been flowing freely throughout the diocese, mm-hmm. some confirmations. We kind of have a second season at this time of the year, and so it's been beautiful to be out with folks. Our Lady's Immaculate Heart, we had over 70 uh, wow. confirmants, and then mm-hmm. the uh, Sacred Heart, West Des Moines, over 120 and wow. two masses. So, yeah. and again, just an abundance and mm-hmm. uh, beautiful, you know, I think uh, uh, multicultural events that we had there as well. And then uh, this past Wednesday night at St. Mary of Nazareth. So it's also an opportunity to do that. But, uh, you know, it's not about a numbers game, you know, and I think sometimes as I always try to engage the young people, have a little conversation with them about an hour before the Mass actually starts. You know, sometimes it's those more intimate settings. I was out at St. Mary in Shenandoah a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago, three young people to be confirmed. And I think just their bond of trust and, uh, wow, we went there. We got deep and uh, Mm -hmm. just their sharing and their transparency. It was very uh, compelling for me. So, again, I think some of the models where the smaller groups and and things work well, but uh, now hopefully they've been enhanced and magnified in those gifts of the Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord that's with them as well. You know, uh, in in comparison, little trivial things, you know, like uh, last week, the first time with Kelly in about four decades, I went back to my alma mater, Ames High School, to watch a football game. It was 45 years ago. Oh. <laughs> I played. They got clobbered by Dowling. I had Father James Downey invited me, <laughs> along with Father Reed Flood, to be on the sidelines of Seminary Michael Mahoney. So I could only take the first half. It was 38-0, but oh, I'm happy for the maroon, you know, and of course, uh, that was the sideline I was standing on, so I'm showing you where now the uh, the uh, grace-filled allegiances right. lie. But, you know, it just it was interesting to see that. It was like they were two different divisions, I think. You know, fifty-one seven. I think was the final score. Oh, so, wow! So obviously, this time time of year is heating up, and uh, you know, though public school uh, Harlan, I'll be at Harlan tomorrow. Harlan certainly at the high school level, their football team is flying high. But even more to celebrate another anniversary mass for our couples who mm-hmm. have various uh, uh, signal anniversaries, and so the the great gift to, that that is after having been with our. Newly ordained deacons and their spouses, and even maybe the previous class, we're going to gather at St. Pius and Urbandale, and just a chance for them to get more acquainted with the kind of inner workings of the diocese and the various offices that are at their disposal, at the disposal of the parishes, and so trying to kind of familiarize themselves, because obviously they're a vital part of all of this, mm-hmm. and uh, just to be able to spend time with them and maybe get the uh, the three-month, you know, they're still kind of in their honeymoon after ordination, <laughs> I think, and so uh, how that is is flowing, so that's a, a beautiful thing. Uh, we think about the gifts of the Spirit and uh, you know the, the fear of the Lord that is among them. Teresa of Avila, the great doctor of the church, Spanish uh, 16th century uh, mystic and everything, and how she kind of has a, a perspective that this carries over into everything, including kind of our daily conversations. You know, that we, we know sometimes our conversations lift each other up. Sometimes they go a little bit south, and we don't always bring out the best in each other. And so she has some uh, kind of counsel for us, you know, that when we have true love for God and a kind of determination not to offend God for any created thing, yet we know well, we, we, we end up sometimes kind of lapsing into this as well. So we become less confident in ourselves. Our confidence is placed in God. But we don't need to be tense and constrained, she says. You know, kind of lighten up, she's saying. Don't fear 
offending God so much that we can't flow freely in our conversations, that God will protect us as we develop a new habit, and we have a holy freedom conversing with those who are good, even though they may be somewhat worldly. For those who, before they possess this authentic fear of the Lord, were a poison and a means of killing the soul, will be a help to your loving and praising God more, because he's freed you from that which you recognize as a glaring danger. If you contributed to others' weaknesses, now by your mere presence you contribute to their restraint. This happens without their having any idea of paying you honor. And so, you know, we're not in these ulterior motives and the mind games we play, but that holy freedom, it is itself, I think, a mark of the Holy Spirit in our life. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we return. We'll visit with Tom Quinlan, Ministry Director with the St. Joseph Educational Center. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Knights of Columbus Borman and Pfeiffer Agency, serving the Catholic families in Iowa. The Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society providing financial security to members and their families, specializing in life insurance, long-term care insurance, disability income insurance, and retirement annuities. You can reach Knights of Columbus Field Agent Gregory Waddle at 563-689-6801. That's 563-689-6801. Thank you and God bless. Dad, it's been a great summer. It has, Zoe. Steve Havman, Executive Director of St. Vincent de Paul here. We've been busy all summer helping our 6th Avenue, Army Post, and Windsor Heights locations collect a bunch of great donations this summer. How do all the donations help, Dad? The more donations we collect, Zoe, the more local residents we can help. Simply Google St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines to learn how your donations help us help many local residents. We appreciate your continued support. St. Vincent de Paul of Des Moines. Donate, volunteer, shop. Good job, Zoe. Thanks, Dad. Welcome to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. I'm Kelly Metro-Collins with the Diocese of Des Moines. We are back and visiting with Tom Quinlan, Ministry Director with the St. Joseph Educational Center located here in Des Moines and celebrating its 50th anniversary. So great to have you back, Tom, on the show. And uh, we've had several conversations in the interim, but I think the last time on the show was at the former studios and uh, pre-pandemic. So the oil of my Episcopal ordination was still drying at that time. We were actually both newbies <laughs> to some right? at that point, yeah. yes. Yeah, we've kind of, our path, is to kind of you know accompany each other in that way. No, uh, no Pope Francis pun intended here, but uh, beautiful thing to have you. And so, yeah, uh, so three years or more for you in the Des Moines area, serving the the diocese, but particularly the Des Moines metro region parishes. And could you just, as we on this making it personal show, just kind of a little bit about what led you here and uh, God's providence for us? Uh, obviously, it was absolutely God's providence, Bishop. <laughs> Um, so I was in diocesan ministry in the Chicagoland area for about 20 years, uh, mostly in the Diocese of Joliet, which is the south and west suburbs, and a little bit of rural uh, Illinois. And um, looking for a ministry role that could allow me to interface with parishes more holistically. I'd been in the catechesis and evangelization lane, and, and diocesan structures can sometimes be a little bit rigid, a little bit, you know, not hey no, hey no. <laughs> quite, quite meeting our needs. And we're looking at that as a diocese, how to best serve our, our wonderful uh, people of Southwest Iowa. So um, the opportunity uh, uh, came to me through the previous director, Matt Hobach who is a friend of mine, 
And uh, I actually recommended him for the Chicago Archdiocesan gig years ago, but he didn't want to leave beautiful Des Moines. Yeah. Deacon so, Matt Halbach, a member of St. Luke Parish yes. in Ankeny, and uh, has a national footprint in so many ways. Yes, and he was a part of our celebration just the other day for the 50th for the St. Joe Center. So uh, it really felt like God was calling Christy and myself here. And it's so interesting— um, Christy's from uh, central Minnesota, and I'm from the Chicago area. Des Moines is exactly in the middle, if you want to draw a triangle. <clears throat> so we're closer to her family. And um, my dad was born in Iowa, so he's up in heaven saying, <clears throat> my son's home, back in the, where the people are the nicest in America, which is true. So the St. Joe Center really is an opportunity for me to serve in a holistic way the 24 parishes of the Des Moines region from Adel to Altoona, from Norwalk to Ankeny. And, uh, yeah, the pandemic uh, kind of threw a monkey wrench into a lot of things, including my opportunity to start to interface with the parishes here. But uh, loving the role of being able to holistically relate to these beautiful parishes and help them figure out through evangelization and catechesis, but also addressing areas like liturgical formation um, and relating to parish councils, how can we help our parishes um, uh, enter into as profound a pastoral renewal as as possible. And so, you know, you mentioned the the, the footprint, if you will, of the St. Joseph Center in, in the in the Des Moines Metro. But uh, I think obviously your concerns and your charisms have extended beyond the diocese. But is part of this just getting to know each parish kind of has its own personality too, right? Yes. And so, uh, how do you know that takes a little patience on your part, right, and engagement? You know, it's a wonderful thing to see the unique character uh, and vibe of every parish. In Joliet, we had 120 parishes, and some of them were in, in, incredibly large. My home parish there had 28,000 people in it, almost 10,000 families. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's too large for a parish. It's but bigger than Waukee. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, so, so you're right, um, relating to small parishes, large parishes. Um, but even in just the metro area here, uh, the two West Des Moines parishes have a, a different culture and, and history and, and style. Um, and that's a blessing to the church. The diversity is a part of our strength. Um, so I, I enjoy, and I have had the, the blessing uh, coming from a diocesan background, the opportunity to get to know and work with your wonderful staff, just an outstanding group there. Uh, I and, take no credit. <laughs> I inherited them from Bishop Page. Well, and, uh, I, yeah. I learned from them, and, and we, sh we share our gifts. And to be Kelly, able, do you feel the love there? The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ke Kelly and Anne-Marie uh, Cox are just tr tremendous oh, in what they do. You. So uh, we're so blessed here in, in the Diocese of Des Moines uh, to have such a, a, a rich group of gifted people in diocesan ministry. And right now we have this strategic visioning process going on under your leadership, and it's going really well. And I'm excited to be uh, a participant, you know, to, to uh, join into the conversations about how do we <clears throat> build a diocesan structure that is going to most effectively serve our parishes going forward. Yes, and thank you, because that's not in the job description for, for you to agree to do that. And about uh, 22 folks, uh, diverse from across the diocese, you know, and more women than men, uh, only two clergy, and then myself as well. And, uh, you know, so it's been a, a rich experience. And, you know, I if I, uh, with all due respect, you know, I think, you know, you've been a, a friendly, not a noxious kind of voice, so, you know, kind of 
right when we think we're on track, you know, you kind of kind of stretch us sometimes as well. So that, that's kind of your temperament, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'll blame growing up in the Chicago area for that. I, I, there, you know, there's a nice place between assertive, aggressive, and and. Um, Nice, super nice, and um, I'm I'm hoping to bring a little bit of that Chicago energy here. It says, well, "Wait a second, here, you know, maybe we should rethink this." I love asking questions, and that's been maybe my gift in in uh, even national boards and stuff. They they say, "Tom, you ask good questions," and I think that's important. That and but what's happened in this strategic visioning is that uh, Dan Ebner, who's our facilitator, has created a, an environment, a culture where we feel free to be honest, to be ourselves, to bring our best wisdom to the group, and that's going to allow us to have um, stronger outcomes. Yeah. No, I think you make a good point there, and I think Pope Francis very much is the spirit of dialogue where we can engage and not be afraid because we have a foundation of trust and, and, and charity that's underlying that. At the same time, you know, we don't let Iowa nice, you know, the drawback is, oh, we don't want to have any kind of conflict, and let's, let's, let's just all get along in that way. And, you know, that can suppress the spirit, too, and that, you know, that, that, uh, that kind of disturbs us once in a while. Well, you know, we look at Jesus himself. Um, Jesus did disturb quite a bit and got him in trouble with a lot of people because he was bringing the truth of God uh, to cultures and structures that needed to be shaken up by the good news, the saving good news of our God. So I think that's on all of us. Uh, There's nothing in my job description ever that has said, um, make sure nobody, uh, that everybody likes you. I I think we have to, to, to be prepared to take the heat a little bit. And that's what leadership is about, is, is bringing in the wisdom and the truth uh, of the, the, the collective body of Christ. But um, leadership does require us sometimes to ruffle feathers and sometimes to maybe even lose some people along the way. Now, hopefully we can gain them back over time. But uh, the truth of God is, is warm and fuzzy and also has a sharp edge to it. <laughs> well, and I had cited Teresa of Avila earlier in the show as we anticipate her feast day tomorrow, but uh, she's, she kind of says a little detachment from that, needing people to like us in this way, and, and in that is freedom. We have softened um, our saints over the years. As we've softened Jesus, uh, these were strong, courageous people. Yeah, yeah. So, thank, and of course, you know, we want your your wife Christy and your two young sons to, to love you too. But you know, it's, it's kind of like a, a, the former Anthony Scalia Supreme Court. He says, "I've got a wife and family who love me. That that allows me to go out." So yeah. anyway, I don't yes. know where that reference came in, but anyway. Well, I'm um, very blessed with my wife. Uh, Christy is just she comes from a ministry background. Her, her her father is a deacon, a deacon couple. My my in laws up in Minnesota, and so I'm so blessed to have somebody who is as deeply Catholic, as deeply devout, and has a ministry background. So we get to talk shop over the kitchen table. Um, and we're even, our little boys, Maddie and, and Danny, they're six and almost four. Um, they, Danny referenced Liturgy of the Word yesterday. Oh my so um, they're talking shop with us. <laughs> so your marital vocations and your vocations is ministry, you know, beautiful things. But uh, Christy, known for her great creativity as well, and it's really yes. served families in the diocese. You know, it's wonderful. The diocese, uh, through John Gaffney, reached out to um, 
involve her in the building out of a, a platform of family uh, digital resources, which are now on the diocesan website. I encourage everybody to go to the website and find them. And that's continuing to build out uh, seasonal resources for families to celebrate in their homes, seasons like Advent and Lent and beyond. Um, and now, Anything coming up for uh, All Saints and uh, Halloween or not? You know, sure? I'm not sure where we're we are on that. Right now, this fall, the focus is for uh, Anne-Marie Cox and, and John Gaffney and, and us the and others, the uh, creation of a series of short videos for, for families to better understand the Mass. And Christie's heavily involved in the scripting of that right now. So we're not exactly sure when that's going to roll out to everybody, but I think it's going to be a quality uh, outcome. Marvelous. I mean, totally in the spirit of the Eucharistic revival that we're mm-hmm. about. And, you know, if we can't, uh, with this mystery, what's happening before us and the depth dimensions that are there, you know, I think, oh, that'll be something I'll look forward to looking at, too. And I think the, the pearls and the wisdom that uh, you'll offer to us in that way. How much would you say that even in your three years and your discernment, that your job description has evolved, you know, and, and you, you know, you're, a, you're not totally a one-man shop, but, mm-hmm. you, you know, you have a lot of latitude in terms of shaping what you're about. You, ha- you do have a board that mm-hmm. you're beholden to, ultimately. But, uh, yeah. Now, that's one of the most attractive things about being the director of the St. Joe's Center, this latitude. So the history of the center, starting in 1972, was basically fo- focused on providing direct service adult faith formation to the parishes of the region. So it had a staff at one point of four professionals who could go out to parishes. Now it's really a staff of one, and I have some money to hire consultants and and what all, and have actually uh, just recently uh, secured Paulette Chapman, Tom Chapman's uh, wife, or I should put it the other way, Tom is uh, the husband of Paulette Chapman. She is a... her most recent position is Saints Peter and Paul in Altoona. Yes. Saints John and Paul. Saints John and Paul. Saints John and, and Paul. And she is just a tremendous gift to our church. She is an expert in many things in terms of uh, catechesis, but particularly she's gifted in uh, family, the family faith formation paradigm. Uh, so moving away from the schooling model where we drop kids off, they, they sit in a desk, they learn a little bit of stuff and go home. We now have parents involved with their kids in the parish setting, and then the parents take the lead at home. And so Paulette uh, is now a consultant uh, to our parishes in the region through the St. Joe Center. And so it's nice to have a a compatriot uh, in the center that I'm working with. But in terms of the role I have, I did a little bit of a pivot and was given that latitude by the board, uh, and, and they've been very supportive of this. Given that it's really only me full time in the center, Rather than trying to run around giving lots of talks to parishes, trying to help um, form our leadership. So that means our parish staffs and our parish councils and, and commission structures to help them figure out how they can be stronger, uh, more strategic, uh, and, and, and involved in systemic change here that will survive m- my leaving. You know, at some point I'll step away from this role and I want my years here, too, have made a difference that will sustain well into the future. So really forming the formers yes. in some way. And, uh, you know, we think about the strategic visioning. We're providing meaningful adult and family faith formation. I mean, this is essential to who we are and, and how we go about it. And it's critical that we look at things in a holistic way rather than just parceling out this part of a parish and that part. Um, I, I was involved in catechetical ministry for decades, and— um, it's all well and good to have a strong religious ed program, 
But if the Sunday liturgical experience, you know, from when you drive onto the parking lot to when you go home is not healthy and sound and vibrant, um, what are we accomplishing? Yeah. So, you know, the, the longstanding traditional that we believe as we pray, that yes. the prayer forms us. And also, I think it forms us in those dispositions of joy and uh, wonder and all those things, those kind of childlike properties that uh, we don't ever want to shed. Absolutely. And the Pope just came out with a beautiful apostolic letter on liturgical formation, which I really encourage all our Catholic listeners and our parishes to dive into. It's a beautiful exhortation. He's got some hot nuggets for priests, too, I think, <laughs> in terms of their own you know, presidential style and things that are there. But that's probably for another show yeah. if, as we do that as well. Um, you bring, you know, you also bring something of a kind of a national profile. You know, you're not touting it yourself, but I'm asking you, so it's okay, you know, that uh, I know we've been involved with divine renovation. So the whole evangelization piece, which is, you know, part of what we want to be out, be outward focused and not just kind of inward focused. Yeah. Yeah. I've been blessed to be a part of boards nationally and some movements, even international, which helps me to understand the kind of the pulse of the church uh, universally and here in the United States and in North America. So um, I I love bringing that here to my ministry and then also sharing reciprocally the, the beauty of the Church of Southwest Iowa to the national church. Because honestly, Bishop, I think we are healthier here in Des Moines as a church than is is normative out there. Now, I like to say in relative terms, we're strong. In absolute terms, we're struggling like everyone else out there. But this is a beautiful diocese, and we have a lot to build on, uh, even with COVID having thrown a, a wrench into things. And, and there's a lot of blessing that the Church of Des Moines has to share with the nation. And so, so when I'm at, at conferences or, or on boards or whatever, I get to share the good news of Des Moines. Amen, brother. I mean, and that's my experience as well, you know, even as a neighbor, you know, coming in and just to realize the human and spiritual capital that we have. It's just, it's phenomenal. And and I think you're, you're right. Des Moines gets recognized in certain ways, you know, that they know that. But uh, but for you and I, whose aspirations are, are immense, you know, we want everyone to love Jesus and to follow him and to, yeah. to know and then to be able to share that faith. And I think, you know, we talk about that. But I think we're probably coming up. Kelly's going to give me the eye here in a moment. So <laughs> why don't we hold that and come back? All right. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson on Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarah strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarah, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. At Intervisions Healthcare, we see patients with unplanned pregnancies from ages 12 to 43. An unplanned pregnancy is traumatic at any age. For that reason, we specialize in educating, encouraging, and empowering vulnerable and at-risk mothers facing an unexpected pregnancy with the medical information and services necessary for them to make an informed decision. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support our mission or become a volunteer, visit IVHcare.org. Welcome back to Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. We are back with Tom Quinlan of the St. Joseph Educational Center. 
Tom, thank you for being with us and staying with us here. We were kind of moving in this direction of thinking about, you know, if we think of the church as a boat, you know, we all want to be in the boat with Jesus who stays with us and accompanies us, this theme of synodality and everything else. But we can't just be passive passengers, right? We have, there's, a, there's something where, you know, if the, for parents and others, you know, it might be in their discomfort zone, but uh, we have to move there and go there. It's all well and good to be in the boat with Jesus, but at some point he wants us to get out of the boat and out onto shore and to spread out. So uh, we're at a place in in history and in society where really I think every single Catholic person is on for mission, on for being a part of uh, sharing the good news of Jesus in the world. That doesn't mean having to go to Africa. It could. But it definitely means sharing um, the good news that you have in your life that you know uh, is through the power of God's love in and through Jesus in your workplace, in your neighborhood, with your friends and family. Nobody gets to be a passive um, bystander now. Every baptized person needs to answer the call to mission. And so that's the great challenge for our parishes, to help to bring this awareness and to inspire folks and help them understand their giftedness. The Holy Spirit gives gifts to each one of us. And and for us to then find ways to go out into the mission fields of our world and to be part of the great transformation that God is calling us to in this time. I mean, people are hurting. I mean, that, that's nothing new, but I think there's a acute and maybe a, a subtlety to this that's not always manifest in a way. But uh, And they're looking for reasons to hope. You know, I think so many uh, people, people in authority, people within the church even, have, uh, you know, compromised our ability to trust at times. And so we're looking for people for whom this message of Jesus, the gospel, kind of rings. It resonates because of the way they are and they're there. And we have to be a way to, to listen to other people's stories, but then to help draw this into a sense. There's an even greater story going on. There's a drama here and a mystery, and you're part of it. You know, Bishop, I like how you said listen. We, we need to listen first. We think evangelizing means to go out and to talk at people. First, it means to listen and build relationships and understand the subject uh, the other thing I want to throw in is there's something out from Gallup right now. Called, it's a book called The Rise of Global Unhappiness. And it statistically shows how uh, what we, I think, know in our bones is that there's a greater sense of struggle and suffering and pain, paschal suffering going on in our world person to person and collectively through things like uh, climate change, through the pandemic, that uh, this is a difficult time more so than normal. So um, I, I think this is an area for us to explore how to lean into uh, the paschal suffering of people in the world and helping them to understand that God has the power and the desire to transform their sufferings into grace and into healing and into eternal life. And there is no greater news than that. <laughs> As one young man said, this is all about heaven. You know, this is all about heaven. Mm -hmm. But uh, and in a, in a culture that can have recourse to the therapeutic culture, and obviously as a church, Catholic Charities is providing teletherapy and uh, our school children and others at various ages, our rural communities. I think there's a, a definite need there. But there's a message of the cross here that uh, things that we can't alleviate on a human scale, but there is something there that the spirit can open us up and that we can bear that yoke with each other. Absolutely. And so we really, each of us need to lean in and experience, I think, uh, an awakening of the presence of, of the Holy Spirit. It, it's great that we're now calling our, our the Son of God, Jesus, calling him by his name, not just by his title of Christ. But we now as a church are coming into an awareness that we need the Holy Spirit to guide us and animate us into this uh, uh, missional movement 
era of the church. Okay, and with the very few seconds that we have remaining, you talk about the name and the name change. The St. Joseph Center is under, evolving in that regard. Yes, we were able to, to unveil this week earlier that the St. Joseph Educational Center is changing its name to reflect the mission, and it's the St. Joseph Evangelization Center going forward. A, marvelous. So I think that really captures and a, a new pulse of the Spirit for us. So may God, I think it's a great commission for all of us. And thank you, Tom, for who you are and what you bring to our diocese. Thank you. This has been another edition of Making It Personal with Bishop Johnson. Thank you to our guests and all of our listeners in Iowa, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, or wherever you may be listening to Iowa Catholic Radio and the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. You can hear Making It Personal with Bishop William Johnson every week on Iowa Catholic Radio and iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Making It Personal is provided by Sarah Vocations Ministry. Learn more at joinserra.org.